welcome to the launch of Exploring Reality with Forerunners of America. You've probably already seen Than Christopoulos on his YouTube channel, maybe TikTok, but here we are, long-term, a new wing of Forerunners of America, and you're the driving force behind it. Welcome, Than. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we've been building toward this for months. Yep. And we're here. Yep. It's amazing. And, you know, when when I think about exploring reality being this wing of Forerunners of America, there's some really important reasons why. just want you to briefly touch on that. But first, why are you so passionate about exploring reality? Tell us about what it is and, and why you're so focused. Yeah. Uh, so... I don't want to give a three-hour story here, so I'll just I'll give the Cliff Notes version. But essentially, I became a Christian about four and a half years ago now, and about a year into that, um, and before I was a Christian, I was an atheist. And about a year into being a Christian, I realized I have no idea what it actually means to be a Christian. Hmm. I have no idea, other than my personal experiences, why I even believe this. Um, I wanted something more than just my experiences to validate my beliefs. And I think, too, like you were drinking in well, like what your pastor was yep. saying or other Christian yeah, leaders. Yeah, that's but where it was I was like... going to go with it. Most of the time, I would ask questions to people I trusted and to pastors. And if it was theological, they would just give me what seemed more of an opinion, or if it was doctrinal, the same thing. And then if it was more evidentiary, like, how, how do I actually know God exists? How do I know that everything we're talking about is real, especially when... I'm hearing all these other things. And most of the time it came down to, well, you just have to have faith or it came down to, you know, we don't really question these things. And I got really frustrated. So I got to this one point where I just started theologically, doctrinally, like who is God, you know, started reading the scriptures for myself and I got super convicted. And this is when I first came onto the podcast on Insights where I had my faith steroid, whatever you want to call it, where Jesus was my king. And it's because started reading, like, the scriptures came alive when I started actually seeking truth. Um, and truth was, like, my highest good, or the highest value that comes before, or after, I should say, after seeking God and everything. And it's very biblical because John says that he has no greater joy than seeing his children walking in the truth. But even different, but super important on why truth makes us come alive mm-hmm. In 2 Thessalonians 2, it says people are falling away yep. or they're not following Christ. It says because they did not love the truth. truth. Yep. And so I came to this position where I realized at the end of the day, I don't want to live for something that's a lie. Mm-hmm. I just want to know as many true things as possible and as least as many false things as possible. And see where it leads. And so I, it was terrifying mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I came to this position where I'm married to a Christian woman. I'm surrounded by Christians. That's my life. And I was there was this very real stark reality that it could lead me somewhere that maybe my whole entire life as well not my whole entire life, but the last three few years was a lie. And I asked the tough questions, sought the answers to all these tough questions, and I came out to the other side saying, Well Jesus is the king of the universe, I <laughs> guess. So yeah, that's the long story short. That's why I have this passion for it, because I've seen so many people go through what I did and fall out the other side mm-hmm. and fall away from the faith rather than 
get the answers that you need. Where I am, and I'm fascinated by the fact that Mm -hmm. people have gone through the same thing I did, and there's two completely different roads you can take. One is, oh, that's a total lie, and one is, wow, this is the most compelling thing you could ever tell me. Okay, this is super... Uh, pertinent related to our topic today, which is deconstruction. We want to get to that in a second. But before we do, why are you doing this with Forerunners of America? And maybe not everybody that's part of watching this today even knows about Forerunners of America. But this ministry is all about like warning the nation in terms of things we're sowing into culture that's not going to turn out well, things that God could judge a nation. But we want to also help people respond in faith and so if that's forerunners, why, what you described as knowing why we believe what we believe, that's your heart. Yep. Why forerunners? Yeah. Um, so to me, specifically, like when, when it comes to apologetics, um, my heart is really for the church first. I want to teach and coach Christians and, and help them embrace this intellectual side of the faith. And so, Like knowing why you believe yes. what you believe. And so... I think that's really important when it comes to the forerunner's mission as well, because we see all these things happening on our nation that shakes our faith, whether it be COVID-19. Um, or a hundred other things, yeah. Yeah, the cultural stuff you see going on, whatever it might be, and we see a mm-hmm. bunch of people falling away from the faith because, mm-hmm. well, why would God allow COVID-19? Mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and I think it helps people stand firm in their faith, and it helps people fight for the faith at the same time. And it's kind of tight. It's a double-edged sword that really helps when it comes to on a defensive and an offensive side. Yeah. We're thrilled to have you with the Forerunners of America team, and we're just looking forward to doing this very first Exploring Reality video that can really help us. Yep. It's on deconstructionism. And, you know, in the past, I've just more or less thought about people falling away from the faith, but there's a difference between deconstruction, and we'll get to cultural examples here, contemporary examples mm-hmm. here just in a moment— but Than, let's launch off into this topic for today. So define what is deconstructionism? Uh, what, how is it different from simply uh, falling away from the faith? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that they're two separate things. So the, the average person is going to hear deconstruction, and they're going to be terrified of the word because oftentimes you hear it when it comes to people falling away from the faith. But they're two very different things. Falling away is the act of going from calling yourself a follower of Christ to not calling yourself a follower of Christ. Deconstruction, on the other hand, isn't an isolated thing that it comes when it comes to Christianity. Atheists can go through it too. So if I'm going to like properly define it, it's the act of taking your worldview, your systems of belief, and figuring out, does this contradict this belief? What do I toss out? And so I like using an analogy. Imagine you just bought a beater house. It's $20,000. That would be a beater. <laughs> yeah. And um, you go through the house and you search through the foundation, you search through the supporting walls, all the beams, the electrical wiring, the vents, all this other stuff. Anything that's bad or false, you get rid of. And then you replace it with something else. So that way you have that structural integrity of truth. And then you go through and make those aesthetic changes like, hey, that railing could look nicer and maybe I'll paint over it or I'll replace it completely. Um, And in the same way, when it comes to our worldview, the way we view the world and we have these different things that we believe, for Christians, it's God exists. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is God, the Trinity, the Bible's reliable, all these other things. 
and we push these things together and making and we make sure that the things we believe are true and they work together in a coherent way. Um, and so an atheist can do that. For instance, uh, a friend of mine recently actually, um, through three months of us talking, he decided he's no longer an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, what he did is he started to analyze each piece, you might say, each piece of his belief system. Yep. And so he's deconstructing, he's trying to find what's true, what's false, and he actually moves away from atheism. Yes, and now, so he's gone from this belief that there is no God to, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of evidence that says otherwise now, but I'm just, I'm just not convinced either way right now. So he's in the middle of deconstruction. Yes. It, well, he, he's probably been in it for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that a, a side effect of the deconstruction is the fact that somebody changed their mind mm-hmm. on something, and they're like, they call themselves something else. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about deconstruction, and here in a moment we're going to give some real examples, it's not always that somebody's leaving the faith. Like you just said, it could be somebody that's an atheist that's coming to the faith. It's all part of the process. Yep. It's it's the outcome is undetermined if it's true yep. unbiased deconstruction but falling away from the faith that's just simply a label we use for somebody that was once walking with god and, and is now correct not. yeah and so i would actually and this might upset some people but i think deconstruction is a good thing if it's if it's done in a virtuous way if we're we're inside you're saying you know i just want to know what's true i want to seek truth mm-hmm. I think, again, I think that's one of the highest virtues a person can achieve, is being a truth seeker. So, in summary, would you agree with this? That basically, plumb the depths and see where it goes. And we believe we can be confident as Christians, because we believe there is so much supporting evidence, whether it's from the Bible or science or philosophy, there's so much supporting evidence, go ahead and plumb the depths. Yeah, I would say plumb the depths. I would also put a caution, like I would put some orange cones there that say <laughs> warning at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you plumb the depths alone, mm-hmm. you, in your, especially if you're like an impressionable person, um, or if you're in an emotional state that makes you want to not be a Christian or whatever it might be, there's so many different factors in there that I would say find somebody you can trust that's going to be objective with you along the way um, and don't go at it alone especially if you haven't had any training in like, you know, epistemology, the study of knowledge or philosophy or any of these other things. There's a lot of people out there that will twist a lot of truth. I mean, there's something out there called Jesus mythicists who on the scholarly academic side, they're going to say, like, they're going to say those people are crazy. But on the common level, these people say Jesus didn't exist and while the scholarly side, even atheists are saying that's just complete nonsense, it's really popular on the internet. Hmm. Um, yeah, the historical arguments for yeah. Jesus being a real per- person are, are pretty strong or powerful. Yes. Okay, so want to turn a, a corner here. Like, this is a big deal in culture. Like, I used to call it just people falling away, and, and notable people, high-profile pe- people within the body of Christ suddenly falling away. But now we're not going to say that word falling away. We're going to say they deconstructed. Now, we are going to limit our conversation here mm-hmm. to what appeared to be strong Christians who deconstructed in the sense of they have publicly announced they've left the faith, they're no yep. longer Christian. And to introduce this, I just got to highlight this example. I want to read it right off the protestia. <clears throat> dot com website and it's talking about 
uh, DC Talk's Kevin Max. And DC Talk, a long time, very popular, especially with young people, but very popular, literally for decades now, a Christian band. And uh, this is what how the article starts out. And I, I want to hear from you like other examples, but this, this uh, is from May of 2021. And it says, ex-Jesus freak Kevin Max has announced on social media that he considers himself to be an ex-evangelical, not evangelical, mm. ex-evangelical, and that he has been deconstructing, exact quotation marks, yep. his quote, deconstructing his faith for years, for all intents and purposes, revealing himself to have become a progressive pagan who has renounced Orthodox Christianity and now holds to some weird form of belief in the universal Christ. And again, they, it's in quotes, universal Christ, meaning that's what he believes in, yeah. and he's, it goes on from there. Well, there's a lot of things I can say about that. What, 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 what can you kind of give me an, a laser point on what you want me to hit on? I think he's a notable example of deconstructing in the sense where yeah. he then did walk away from the yeah. faith. Whether you have something to say about him or just other examples in culture, okay. help us to understand how prevalent is this? Like, how big of a deal is this deconstructing thing? Um, I think it's a very big deal. I think I haven't heard about that gentleman yet, but uh, another big prominent group, two guys, um, Rhett and Link, they run a podcast named Earbit Ear Biscuits, and I think I, when I looked at the numbers, some of their videos hit nine hundred million views. Okay. That seems hard to believe. Are you sure it's yeah. 900 million? I mean, that's almost a billion. I know. <laughs> well, so it might not be individual views. That's just multiple views, whatever it might be. But that's that it's many views. It's still a lot of views. That's crazy. And so... And how many followers? Any idea? I that don't they remember off the top of my head. They have a couple million, I think. Okay. Um, and so they're very prominent YouTubers that people love listening to. And they, about last year gave their story of their deconstruction and how they left the faith. But mm -hmm. it was more of a, here's my personal story thing, rather than, hey, you should leave Christianity. But now this year, they started making their episodes again about this, and they started bashing Christianity, saying, this is why it's false, this is why you need to leave, yada, yada, yada. Me being who I am, I've, I've seen their arguments, and I think they're horrible, <laughs> but... Um, they're not convincing at all in any way, shape, or form. There's lots of holes in them. But to the person that's not trained in understanding proper logic, how to find faulty reasoning and all these other things, it could be convincing, especially to somebody that's already having doubts or having some kind of emotional issues with their faith as well. Well, what really concerns me about the situation with Red and Link, they have such a massive following, and I'm guessing right now they're probably 40-something years old, um, each of them. They've been, But anyway, however old they are, they have had now also for probably, I want to say, the better part of two decades, such an influence on young people. Yep. It's the younger crowd that listens to these guys. Mm -hmm. But for those that not just listen to their good mythical morning where they do a lot of goofy stuff, mm -hmm. but they actually went over to Ear Biscuits, which you just said, their actual podcast where they get into these long explanations, there's... It's not an exaggeration to say hundreds of thousands, probably mostly yep. young people that are being influenced. In fact, my two sons have listened to Rhett and Link for a long time. No issues, no problem. In fact, they come from a church background. They, they There was no issues. And then suddenly, like you said, a couple years ago, they come out with this, that they're no longer believing um, in in Jesus Christ, you know, as yep. Lord and Savior. I'm just tremendously in, influential. 
Yeah, so we have Rhett and Link, and I think that's a big prevalent example. And we have more. Um, John Piper runs that ministry, Desiring God, and Paul Maxwell actually was an author for Desiring God who recently renounced his faith and went live on Instagram talking about this. About 300,000 people saw this. And he's talking about how he's ready to not be a Christian anymore and how he's not angry anymore at Christians. And he's in tears. Hmm. And so I think it's really, I think I want to bring up Paul Maxwell because I think it's a really important distinction to make between him and the types of people that deconvert and attack Christianity. Paul Maxwell's on the other side of the equation where he is heartbroken about religious trauma and all these other things that he was going through um, in the name of Christianity. And he's crying and sad about his loss of faith. And he's sad and heartbroken about these new decisions he's making about his beliefs. And all these people see this and I think are moved by it as well because they see this more human side, I guess, of this deconversion. Right. It's it's very interesting to me that somebody can write, and I would even say through writing, lead at that level with such deep concepts, because he's writing for or with John Piper, mm-hmm. who's uh, uh, intellectual pastor, uh, you know, Bethlehem Baptist in Minneapolis until he retired a few years ago, but huge following himself. Like, the, we can go this far down the path without having apparently ask the tough questions deconstructed in that healthy way mm-hmm. and actually come out of this thing, uh, say, no, I do believe, and here's why. Like, he's, he's leading and writing at such an extensive level. Uh, it's just surprising, I think, in some ways to me anyway, to see this. Yeah, and I, I think... I think it's an example of, I don't know Paul Maxwell, right? But to me, it seemed like a much more emotional than an, an, an emotional issue or volitional issue than it was one of evidential issues. Because um, when you listen to him talk about it, listen to him write about it, it was more so talking about emotional and volitional issues than it was, well, this wasn't true because X, Y, Z. He was talking more so about the traumas he was experiencing and the issues he was experiencing and how hard it was to be a Christian in a certain circle and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And so I just find that a really interesting observation between a few different people that deconvert mm-hmm. is you can see their personal side of the story and their motivation behind their deconversion can be really different depending on the person. And I think that's something that we as a church should be like looking for, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's also been other notable figures, high profile again. Can you talk at all about uh, like Joshua Harris, for example? He's the author from I Kissed Dating Goodbye, right? Yeah. Um, I don't remember the story of his deconversion, but he's just another notable high profile guy. He was the instantiation, I guess, of this purity culture stuff that we saw going on that mm-hmm. has a lot of bad rap. Yeah, strong expression of it. Yeah, Yeah. and he recently deconverted. Um, He left the faith. And notice I use the word deconverted and left the faith instead of deconstruction, because the deconstruction process is different than that act. Right. But... Yeah, again, you were saying deconstruction can go either way. Yeah, and so we have so many notable high-profile Christians, which I find to be an oxymoron, but... (laughs) (laughs) And who, by the way, who is Hawk Nelson? I saw him in this realm not long ago. Yeah, John Steingard. I forgot what he did for the band, but he was a 
Christian musician in a Christian band that deconverted recently. Oh, and Hawk Nelson's the name of the Christian band. Yeah, and then John Steingard is the, I don't know what he did. I think he was a singer or a guitar player or something. But he's pretty much known now for being an ex-Christian. That is his identity in the social media realm, and he talks against Christianity. Um, granted, he does it in a somewhat respectful way, so I can I can appreciate that. But again, how many people are looking towards these people, these high-profile Christians, and going, well, if they're going to leave the faith, why shouldn't I? Right, that's, know, why, it, that's why, I, I mean, exploring reality, any ministry in apologetics is vital right now because there's so many lies out in culture and there's so many people that are deconstructing in the sense of leaving the faith that are high profile. If you do not know why you believe yep. what you believe, you're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. I, I remember um, when, when I was discipled by somebody, I, actually he was there when I heard the gospel for the first time. There was three of us and and. Uh, he was there, one of the people, and he ended up having all kinds of struggles over time. And I don't even know where he's at right now in terms of his faith. But even the person that helped lead me to Christ. Now, if I'm not getting answers in that moment, I'm like, whoa, this guy was sharing the gospel with me. He's a yep. leader. Um, maybe I've been wrong the whole time. Yep. It's so vital. I, I just can't emphasize this enough, Than When I think about the lies in culture today, and I would call it layers of lies. In other yep. words, lies upon lies upon lies. I can't believe it when we what, what we look at being thrown at us through social media, even through mainstream media, yep. but all kinds of things. It's just vital. And in terms of how pervasive this is... Um, you know, just look at some of these people we've talked about. Thank goodness John Piper did not go uh, off the cliff but on this son. thing. Well, that's true. Abraham. Yep. Abraham Piper. Um, but, you know, he's also out there on the internet with him uh, yep. deconstructing or his conclusions of deconstructing. Very, seems very, uh, he's strong and on, on this anti-Christian thing. But when we look at this, we talked about some iconic figures that are in the uh, Christian music industry realm. We talked about, in John Piper's case, a a, a writer Mm -hmm. um, in that more pastoral, scholarly realm. Then we we also talked about um, uh, Rhett and Link, who are more in the the internet, the podcasting culture culture realm. This is everywhere, Mm -hmm. and we need to help people understand uh, this whole... uh, this whole business of deconstructing. Can you say anything more here uh, as we close for today, just in terms of um, of helping people in the church embrace the process of deconstructing? Like you said at the outset, it, it can be scary, and that's our knee-jerk reaction, yeah. but it doesn't have to be. Right. And so, well, there's a few things, right? Um, I've talked to a lot of people that have deconstructed, and on my social media, I actually asked people that did deconstruct and leave the faith just to tell me their stories. And I told them, like, I'm not going to debate you. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not getting, I'm not even going to try to convince you unless you really want to. But <laughs> I want to just give you the, like this safe space to tell me your story. Hmm. And this isn't like a hard percentage. This is me just kind of eyeballing it. But I would say 70 to 80% of those stories included people asking questions and being shoved away or been told answers like, well, we believe in the Bible because we believe in God, and we believe in God because we believe in the Bible, <laughs> or you just have to have faith and stuff like that. 
So I've heard you talk about before just this what you the term for what you just described is circular reasoning. Yep. So basically an admonition here in the church to get beyond circular yeah. c- circular reasoning. Yes. Um and then I would also so that's one side of the coin, but then the other side of the coin is a lot of these people that went through this deconstruction process. Mm-hmm. Um instead of being embraced and loved by the church when they're approaching people in the church or the pastors or whatever, um, it seems like the majority of them at least felt like they, instead of being treated properly and helped through the process, actually had a finger pointed at them going, well, you're just asking these questions because you just want to sin and justify your sin Hmm. or something like that. And me hearing all those stories, I actually got, it was a combination of angry and heartbroken because it was just like me looking at the church and going, where were you when these people needed you? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems like we have this huge group, this chasm between being terrified of these questions and pushing them away. And whenever we are questioned, we tend to get aggressive and combative because that's our reaction to fear and the unknown. And then we have this other side that are complacent and they don't care about the questions. They just, they're just happy in their ignorance. But there's no middle ground where people are just saying, what are the answers? And so I would encourage the church to embrace these people that are going through this deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Don't assume their motivation. Give them the chance to actually mm-hmm. ask the questions. And then I would say again, don't be afraid of the questions. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if Christianity is true, mm-hmm. then the evidence will be there to lead to it being true, which is... Amen. Right? And so right on. Um, I would just encourage people to, both on an intellectual level and the emotional, relational level, to take a step back and truly understand what's going on here and treat it with the treat it with the importance that it really deserves. Right. Now, I just want to throw out a couple questions yeah. that were common when I was a young believer 35 years or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, they're still there, though, today, but I think it could help illustrate the, maybe the idea of, of church leaders, pastors, if you've been around the church, whoever you are, this could help. But, like, we can actually help people deconstruct before they get in the midst of this major yeah. deconstruction. Like, like for example, uh, when I was a new believer, one of the big questions was, oh, can Jesus really be the only way to God? Mm-hmm. But what if we preemptively, within the church as leaders, yep. we know there's people out there that have this question— Rather than the culture telling them, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter what you believe, that we would actually preemptively bring up the question and then say, hey, here's some awesome things to think about, about how exclusive Jesus is in his, both his claims Mm -hmm. as the Son of God and that life, like, like to kind of preemptively lead people down a path of truth and and to address the counter-arguments. Yep. Uh, before they ever get in this crazy tiz and they're crying, I might leave the faith. Like, yeah. we could help them answer these questions, right? Yep. I No, I completely agree. Um, like, I, that's that's why I use the analogy of it's the boogeyman in the closet. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to open that door because they're scared of the answer. Mm-hmm. But the answers are there. You know what? <laughs> Going back to your house illustration, we've got better plumbing and wiring and yep. and... Uh, structural beams, Integrity. I think you said. Yeah, we have it all. Yep. Why not help them surface some areas where they're not uh, solid yep. and help them replace it? No, I, I I, really do agree. I, That's kind of part of my heart cry for exploring reality. It's 
um, I want to bring back. And this, again, this might be one of those things that people hear and they want to shy away from it a little bit, but I want to bring back Christian intellectualism mm -hmm. without the cost of the emotional, experiential side of God as well. I think, mm -hmm. the, think, I think the two together are supposed to work cohesively. We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart mm -hmm. and our mind. Mm -hmm. And there's this deep satisfaction that comes from knowing these things about God. When our emotions lie up with, line up mm -hmm. with the truth, instead of our emotions lining up with lies, mm -hmm. it's all the difference in the world. And God did create us with yeah. emotions. We want to live those out, but according to the truth. Yeah. Well, Than, you just mentioned that um, this is at the heart of why you wanted to explore in reality. Your new wing of Forerunners of America, yep. as of right now, is officially launched. How yep. do you feel? I'm excited. I'm excited I'm not, for I'm not, you. Uh, you might, might not look excited, but that's just my your stoic demeanor. self. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, since it's your first uh, Forerunners of America slash Exploring Reality video, why don't you address our listeners, at least our YouTube listeners, uh, why don't you uh, address them uh, as you close out our first uh, video. Cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, the website will be linked in the description of the video. I do want to point that there will be a, que a question of the week tab where you guys can ask me questions, and on a weekly basis, I will be trying to answer them for you guys. And then you can go to my YouTube channel as well. The link will be in the description of the video. Thank you so much for listening.